Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by the Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Vicki Connor. Together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, we're exploring Oregon through some of our state's most interesting events. Yeah, Vicki, you know, back when I first started the Oregonian, my whole beat was event. I was the events reporter. And I usually meant Portland events like Cat Show, The Rat Show, Naked Bike Ride, you know, the usual, usual stuff. Uh, when I started on the travel beat, I took the opportunity to get out and see some of these other really cool events throughout Willamette Valley on the Oregon coast and out in Eastern Oregon. And well, like well, most of these things are not events that I would necessarily think to plan a trip around personally. Um, and, and usually, in fact, they're part of a bigger trip seeing like a town or a region. But every time I showed up at one of these Oregon events, I found myself so fascinated by all these little subcultures around the state. I love that. Yeah, I feel like this is the perfect excuse to go out and you know, visit somewhere you haven't been before and make a bigger trip out of it, like you said. And sometimes I think after spending a lot of time in Portland, you forget that there are these kind of quirky little towns around Oregon and uh, yeah, fully immerse yourself in whatever events they're having. Did anything really stand out to you, a specific event back when you were having this beat as uh, your full job? I mean, so many is the thing. Like every time I did an event, like literally, I I would be just so into whatever it was. <laughs> um, I mean, a lot, again, a lot of stuff was in Portland, but I remember going to CthulhuCon. I don't know if how much you know about Cthulhu and HP Lovecraft. I don't know anything <laughs> about it, but seeing people who were so into it, like this is their whole thing. I, I love that. Or, you know, the rat show, people who are so into rats. <laughs> Um, and going out to some of these events in Oregon, like people who are so into kites or like UFO stuff. I talked to a, uf a ufologist, a UFOologist <laughs> in McMinnville um, at the festival down there, had a crazy interview with this person who's like whole thing is UFOs. And, you know, I just love to see people who are passionate, especially about specific things that I don't know a lot about. And so part of the fun of going to these events is is, you know, sort of dipping your toes into this passion, somebody else's passion, and sort of reveling in that spirit of excitement that these people share. So I, for me, I would travel, in, you know, anywhere I go, if there's some interesting event happening, I'm going to go check it out. But for today, the concept was, what are some events that are worth traveling to? You know, that's not to cast any shade on any small town events, but what are the ones that you're like, oh, I got to see that, you know, or things that you're like, I, I definitely need to make, make it a point to go out and check this event because it's so classic and iconic Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we've kind of got these different events separated into a few different categories here. The first mm -hmm. one being like, you got to see it. Definitely make it. a trip, mark it on your calendar and get there. Um, and then our our second category being, it's a little bit more niche, but if you're into mm -hmm. it, worth going. And then um, a last few um, honorable mentions of things we're seeing. So 
We have a lot to get through today. Um, <laughs> where should we start off? Let's start off with the gotta see it. Let's get yeah. into these events that you just, you gotta go check out because they're so cool. And again, you know, everything, eye beholder, et cetera. But these are ones that, as far as I'm concerned, definitely have to check out. And the first one on my list, we've talked about it here before, Circles in Sand. Vicky, it's mm -hmm. one that you and I have both been to. Um, tell me why you love Circles in the Sand. This is one that's really cool because a little bit of background that this is, these are hand drawn or not even hand drawn, rake drawn labyrinths <laughs> in the sand. And it's a community of people who get together to create these throughout specific dates. And what really struck me was that, you know, I got to speak to both the volunteers who do this and then also people who they themselves walked through these labyrinths. People come out of this walk through the sand and just feel so at peace. I really enjoyed seeing people's reactions afterwards and this, this sense of calm as they've emerged from the labyrinth and them describing what they felt as they walk through. Because at first you see it and you see the aerial view and you're like, that's really beautiful. But it's truly an experience after you walk through it. Absolutely. It, that's the thing. You can just stand up on top of the rocks above this beach, Face Rock Beach in Bandon, where they, they do these, and just look at it and go, wow, neat. But yeah, like you said, you walking through it is a whole experience. They they do some kind of magic with these these labyrinths, or they call them dream fields, um, that really seems to affect people. And it's really interesting, um, you know, just to sort of hear that and know about it. But to go walk through it yourself, you, you can kind of get sense of that. So I, I think it's definitely a, an event that's worth going down to Bandon. There's a lot of other stuff you abandon too, but definitely one you can you can sort of center a trip around. And Strolls in the Sand happens April 26th, August 23rd this year. So a lot of opportunities to see it. They have a whole calendar posted online at sandypathbandon.com. You can check it out. There's about three or four you know, or actually in between three and like eight a month um, that you can go see. So, um, you know, in that kind of height of June, July, August is kind of their main, their main time. Um, so book a hotel room out there by Face Rock Beach. Go check out Circles of Sand. And while you're there, if you have the chance to speak to the artist himself, Denny Dyke, you absolutely should because oh. he is a joy to talk to and learn a little bit more about Circles in the Sand. Denny's the best. And if you if you don't get a chance to talk to him or you can't go, at least go back into our archives and listen to the episode where we had Denny Dyke on the show. Uh -huh. Just absolutely gem of a human being. Really, really lovely. So that's kind of like, I, I think, one of the, my main coastal event that I think about. But yeah. another one that I have not been to in a, in a number of years, but I loved when I went to it the first time, is the Lincoln City Summer Kite Festival. The Lincoln mm. City has two kite festivals every year, one in the fall, one in the summer. The summer one, obviously very fun because it's the summer. Um, a lot of people out there, a lot of energy, but I'm not a big kite flyer. Vicky, how about you? Have you are you, do you like fly a kite at the beach? Is that your thing? I can honestly say I don't think I've ever flown a kite before. <laughs> <laughs> or if I did, it did not last in the air very long. If I like That's as a child. <laughs> I have memories of like being a kid and like 
like running along the beach with the kite, just like dragging in the sand. Like I don't understand physically how it works, but that's great. The thing about the kite festival is you don't have to know how to fly a kite because you can just watch people fly kites. And that sounds maybe kind of boring. I saw some like choreographed, like, uh, like kite shows. There was like battle kites, people up there like fighting, like you get the kite to like attack the other kites and knock them out of the sky. Um, and then just like these crazy, huge decorative kites, uh, and like yeah. animal shapes and stuff. Um, just a very cool scene to walk onto the beach and see all these like hundreds of kites out there wow. and people doing crazy stuff with them. I didn't know I liked kites so much. It didn't make me want to like go fly a kite myself because I was like, they're already doing it. Um, yeah. and I can't not just go watch them do it. Um, uh, <laughs> But definitely a cool, cool reason to go to Lincoln City. I think it's it's one of my favorite reasons to go to Lincoln City, honestly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was expecting big elaborate kites, but not uh kite warfare. So that's really interesting. I'm <laughs> I'm sold on seeing kite that. I warfare. can't say I've seen something like that. I'm a little sad you didn't go out and immediately buy a kite, but I get it. Sounds like a cool event. <laughs> The uh, Summer Kite Festival in Lincoln City this year is going to be June 22 to 23rd. Um, go check it out there at the start of this summer. One more coast event here on this list, um, and it's one at the other end of the season. Um, that's the Holiday Lights at Shore Acres. So for those of us in the Portland area, quite a far drive. So you're, you're asking yourself, is it worth driving all the way down there to the Southern Oregon coast to Shore Acres State Park to see some holiday lights? I can see holiday lights anywhere. And sure, these are like a lot of holiday lights you might see. Um, Shore Acres has a sort of old English garden. And, you know, in the summertime, it's a beautiful place to sort of walk around. It's in the garden. Um, and in the wintertime, they fill it with these various light displays that are usually themed for the coast. There's a big whale there's like crabs and stuff it's a very cool light display but for me what makes it so cool and one of the most memorable parts of that experience when i went down there is the fact that this is all happening on the edge of like these incredible cliffs on the ocean so i remember walking through the light display and being like wow very cool this is you know maybe worth visiting on its own but then i walked out to the cliffs uh, like I kind of walked away from the lights and it got really dark. I walked up to a fence over the ocean and just stood there kind of in the dark, feeling the waves come up and crash against cliffs and kind of seeing through the hazy darkness, like the churning ocean below that. And just that combination of like that raw force of, of nature with like this community gathering around this light show, something about that really did something for me. And I, I have this like really long lasting memory of this experience. That sounds so cool. I am not a huge fan of just like, you know, holiday lights driving through and whatnot. But I feel like this is, you know, an, a true Oregon experience with this cliffside view nearby. Um, yeah, I feel like the last time I went and saw holiday lights was at the Oregon Zoo. And I was like, where are the animals? <laughs> there were no animals. Like, it's at the zoo, but I can't see any of the animals. What yeah. is the point? Um, now, there's some bats you can go see, maybe. Yeah. Or... <laughs> there were some, like, elephants out that in a section you weren't even supposed to go to. But, yeah, well, if 
if this is if holiday lights are your thing or in like my case if they aren't your thing this just takes it up another notch seeing um the coast so yeah i feel like if if i was down that way i would totally stop by this time of year yeah absolutely um this, and this, so every year, this upcoming year, like every year, the holiday lights of Strikers are Thanksgiving through New Year's Eve. Um, if they have, have done it, it used to be like you could just show up. Um, now you've got to like get tickets. For, I think it's timed entry tickets, um, a certain number of them and all of that. So definitely make sure you get tickets in advance before driving all the way down there to see it. And obviously, a lot of cool stuff to do on the southern coast while you're out there, Boardman Corridor, etc. Amazing. So quite a few events um, on the coast to go out and see. Yeah. So let's move away from the coast now back into the Lambeth Valley to one of my favorite little weirdo festivals, uh, the UFO Festival in McMinnville. Vicky, have you been out of the UFO Festival or seen pictures of it? I have not, but I always see... Um, the emails that come through with information about the UFO festival. I think, you know, normally it's on a weekend. I'm not working the weekends, but we send a photographer there and it seems like a great time based on the photos and info that I've gotten. It's a is what it is. Um, <laughs> it's super campy. I mean, you've got people with like, you know, like selling little, little green alien, everything. Um, the costume parade is where it at. I mean, if you're like a serious UFO person, they have lectures you can go to about UFOs. Oh, yeah. With like guest speakers, all kinds of stuff. If you want to get into that world, very, very serious, very interesting. But then you've got this, the costume parade, people with like big floats, like flying saucer floats and like weird homemade yeah. costumes and face paint. That to me, for personally, that's that's where it's at. Um, they parade down like the <laughs> middle of, of Minville, like the main street there. It was a very cool little downtown. So it's a great opportunity to go down, you know, check out some shops and restaurants in downtown McMinnville, see some weird stuff. Um, I, you're not going to forget it. <laughs> That's the thing. It's one of these like, it's so weird and kind of random, not totally random, but like because there was some UFO sightings in McMinnville, it's, it's got a reason. But you're like, why, why is this happening? Why are people doing this? Again, they're just really into it. And it's become so fun now that it's a thing. <laughs> so enjoy like that kind of fun energy there around the UFOs. This is one I think I'm definitely going to mark my calendar and try to go to this year just because I've heard so much about it. And I also like that this one is, you know, a little odd but it's one that if you completely just lean into it and be like heck yeah i'm into ufos <laughs> even if you aren't but <laughs> just completely lean into it find a cool costume to wear mm -hmm. oh my gosh that's it i love this i do think there's a pet parade oh my goodness so <laughs> you put a little costume on stella i mean little alien stella there that's we go right. Do we know if they have like UFO shaped food? Great question. They 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 must have something or alien shaped food. I'm sure yeah. you can get like alien cookies or like weird, you know, you can definitely get some antenna to wear on your head, you know. You, oh, there's all yeah. I mean the, the there's like street vendors there that sell all kinds of kitschy stuff. I imagine there's some people there that are like totally into conspiracy and oh, like yeah. The U.S. government's hiding something from us, type of people. Definitely. 
Yeah. That's when you go, you go to the lectures to see that information. You, if you want, if you're in, you're that person, you want to find your people, go to those lectures, listen to them, take notes, do whatever you want. I mean, that that's the whole, the whole scene for that. So best of both worlds for you. Uh, the UFO festival this year is May 17 and 18. Um, check out, uh, you can Google the, you know, McMinnville UFO festival, finally information for that. Um, okay. So another, we're going to kind of go into another region of the state for our next one here, all the way off to Northeast Oregon, almost to Joseph, to the little town of Wallawa. There every summer they have the Tom Cullick celebration, which is a huge powwow out there run by the Nez Perce tribe. I've not been to this one. It looks very cool. They hold it every, every third weekend in July. Um, you know, there's a lot of sort of, you know, typical dancing that you might see powwows, grass dance, 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 traditional, uh, horse processions, the grand entry, um, all that stuff. It's held on the Nez Perce Wawa homeland. Um, very cool area, very cool events. Um, this is one that like I've got on my calendar. I'd love to check out one of these days. Amazing. Where where exactly did you say this is? The small town of Wallawa. So it's the ne- the Nez Perce homeland. Um, the tribe has been purchasing up some land in that area that is their traditional homelands. And this takes place in yeah, the town of Wallawa. So if you're driving to Joseph, for example, um, it is like maybe halfway, a little bit more between Legrand and Joseph out there. Uh, just uh, the highway runs right through the town. So tiny little town, but there's, um, uh, some festival grounds they have there, um, for this purpose. Amazing. This sounds like an awesome event and this is multiple days or just one. Yeah. It's usually, um, I thought it's three days. At least it was last time. Um, so it's usually, yeah, again, the third weekend in July. Yeah. Last year it was July 21 to 23. So, you know, obviously look at the calendar for this year. They have not officially announced dates. Um, but it, like I said, it's actually the website says it's almost always the third weekend in July. So gotcha. keep an eye out for official dates on that before <laughs> you go planning your your travel. But um, a really great time to be out there in that part of the state too. Yeah, and a really cool event. I I love going to powwows. I've been to several when I was living in New Mexico. Um, and just such a great vibe, such a great scene. We're always really interesting. The colors, the costumes, the dance, the food, just such a great environment to be in. Really cool. Well, speaking of that part of the state, uh, the next Gotta See It event, which will be multiple weekends and multiple dates. This was something we saw in Joseph, which is in a landscape. Pianist Hunter Nowak plays this grand piano in the middle of beautiful places throughout the state. Um, So Joseph was one of them. This can happen out on the coast. There's multiple different locations. It's been at Smith Rock before. The full schedule has not been released yet. It should be released sometime next month. Um, But numerous dates throughout, you know, the summer, beautiful weather. You go sit out in the grass. You get headphones to listen to the music being streamed through. You can walk around, maybe just sit down, you know, whatever works for you as you listen to this music. It's really wonderful. I loved this event when we saw it in Joseph. 
So cool. Um, the fact that he encourages you to explore the landscape while he plays, you just get like this live, you know, like you said, live stream of piano in your headphones. Like, wow, I remember just walking along like a fallen log and finding a little stream while he's playing this beautiful piano. And then he always has an opportunity for people to lie underneath the piano as well. He plays certain songs. Um, Hunter's great. The events are really wonderful. And they play them like literally all over, not just in Oregon, but all over the region. You can find them in Idaho, sometimes in Utah, Washington, California. So look for that schedule to be released. Um, that's that's going to be a really, really cool one. Yeah. I can say that I've not been to anything like this. And when we went, like the piano was set up right um in front of Willow Lake and so mm -hmm. you just got this beautiful backdrop of the you know you have the piano the water behind and you know some rolling hills in the background as well I I can't <laughs> even describe how wonderful it was at the golden hour like oh, made for yeah. these great silhouettes oh my god so good <laughs> uh so we got a few events there that are definitely worth checking out. Let's move into our next category of some more niche events. Um, but if you're into it, put it on your calendar. If, check it out. If you're into it. The <laughs> first one on here may be controversial. It didn't seem controversial to me, but I was talking to my editor about it, and she, she seemed to think it was maybe controversial to put it in this category. Uh, the Pendleton Roundup. So obviously a lot of rodeos across Oregon. Um, Pendleton Roundup is the biggest. Uh, I mean, if you're going to see any rodeo in Oregon, the Roundup's the one. And this is one that people definitely do travel for. It's the marquee event in that region. It's one of Oregon's marquee events. Um, if you want to get into that rodeo vibe, go for it. If you're like at all, at all not into rodeos, I feel like, I feel like you're not going to have a good time. I think that's, I think that's why I put it in this category. Like a lot of things, like if you're not in that into kites, you see kites, it's like, oh no, actually this is pretty fun. If you're not into rodeo culture and you find yourself in the middle of Pendleton during the roundup, I really feel like it's going to be miserable. That's, that's just how I feel about it. <laughs> um, but that said, if you are into this, it's a dream come true. Oh my God. The hats, the boots, the, the saddle making, the events. I mean, it's just a, a, all out rodeo event. It's, it's, it seems like I've not been there for the roundup, but people who, who do go there for it say it's just an absolute hoot. It's a great time. Do you know how long the Pendleton roundup has been around? Vicki, this year is going to be the 114th Pendleton roundup. No way. <laughs> Super long. That's like, you know, just a few decades shy of how old the state of Oregon is officially. So, I mean, this is like a storied event. Very interesting. Um, I, you know, I, I think, you know, again, you are at all into this. It's peaks. If, if you're going like, huh, go check it out. That's all you need is like a little bit of interest in it. Yeah. Are there any other rodeos that are um, worth mentioning? Well, you know, if you want to check out a rodeo, but you don't want to invest in the time and travel to go to Pendleton, St. Paul Rodeo is pretty close to the Portland metropolitan area. It's a small rodeo, but it's it has a great reputation. I've not been to that one either. I can't vouch for it personally, but I know folks who have been to the St. Paul Rodeo really seem to enjoy it. So um, if you just want to dip your toes into the rodeo scene, that's a good one to check out as well. 
But if you want to go do the Pendleton Roundup, this year it is September 7 to 14, very end of the summer. Uh, go ahead and make your reservations now. It, I'm sure, is already pretty well booked up. But so uh, the second in our list of if you're into it events, and I think if you're into it on a, on a very different side of spectrum, is the Oregon Country Fair. Um, have, have you have you been down there? What do you know? You're a, sort of a newer Oregon person. What do you know about the Oregon Country Fair? I really don't know too much, but I'm assuming it's definitely different than, you know, your typical county fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to say the least. So this is sort of, uh, it, it came up it came up as sort of like Oregon's premier counterculture festival in like, you know, the 60s and 70s. Ken Kesey was a big uh, Oregon country fair guy. Um, it's, it's where you're going to find you know, um, sort of that more like Burning Man-esque crowd, um, but very Oregon specific. It's, um, it has a reputation for um, nudity, although that's been, I think, tamped down in recent years. Um, it has a reputation for, um, you know, like the, the smell of, of cannabis wafting the air. Uh, and I think that's also been tried to tamp down recently, but you can't stop. So it's more of that kind of vibe. I took a tour of it. Um, I went to cover it a number of years ago and had to have like an escort for some reason. Um, look, folks who run these events, just let the Mia be there. Don't try to don't try to hem us in. It makes for a, a worse experience, a worse story. Anyway, um, but I took a tour of the event and it was very cool and interesting just the sights and sounds the art the displays the thing people work on like there's some sort of like you know large multiple person puppet that like moved through the crowd randomly sporadically um it's sort of like a happening it really has that like 1969 counterculture vibe to it um but people just doing all kinds of interesting things there so it's that part of oregon's culture really on display um, it's a, just a really great crowd of people. I know some folks, um, some friends who go to the Oregon Country Fair every year and who just absolutely adore it. So you have this really dedicated community of people making this cool gathering of like music and arts and culture. And, you know, I, I saw some some guy on a stage just like rambling, which sounds like not great now that I say it, but like <laughs> something of spirit, like you can just kind of go up and talk about stuff. I, I love that. I don't know. There's something about that that's really, really interesting. You never know what you're going to see. Um, so uh, very, very fun culture. I, I think this is, again, one, if you're like not, if you're not into this a little bit, it's going to be too much. There's no reason to go. But if you have any bit, little bit of curiosity, Oregon Country Fair is very cool. Interesting. My curiosity is definitely peaked, especially because this is the one that like reading the name of it, I'm like, oh, it's an agriculture festival somehow. <laughs> Looking at the website, no, it is not. <laughs> nope. No, it is not. I really don't think I've heard much about the country fair. So uh, it's right outside of Eugene? Yes, right outside of Eugene. Um, it's been on this land for, for a long time. Um, and uh, it, it's just, again, one of these, I don't remember how many years it's been going on, but it's been going on for many decades now at this point it is like a firm institution wow 
So this year it is happening uh, July 12 to 14th, according to his website. So um, again, this one, you know, get your gift tickets, uh, go down, check it out. Um, should be a fun time as always. Yeah. And uh, when was it that you went to this? Oh boy, you're putting me in the spot now. Had to be, gosh, maybe 2018, something like that. 20, I think that's 2017, 2018, somewhere in there. Um, I went to this and I think I went straight to the Loved Festival, which no longer exists, which was in this same, the same vein, but like somehow more niche. Um, <laughs> it was like, a, you know, I, don't, I can't explain it, but the Loved Festival was also very cool and interesting. When I say I love these subcultures, I truly love these subcultures. It's like, I love the people who are like nerding out on some aesthetic or some yeah. specific interest, whatever it is. I just love that passion. It's so, <laughs> it's inspiring, honestly. Absolutely. Which brings us to um, our last festival in this category, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Yeah, what, Can yeah. you tell us about this? So festival is a little bit of a misnomer because when you think about a festival, you think of like a weekend or a week. The Shakespeare Festival this year is going to be going from March 19th through October 13th. So most wow. of the year. Um, and basically what it is, is it's a series of ongoing and rotating theater productions, many of which Shakespeare, not all of them are Shakespeare, um, that basically takes over the town of Ashland. Ashland has now sort of like been built around the Shakespeare Festival. There's a bunch mm -hmm. of really beautiful indoor and outdoor theaters. Outdoor theaters have kind of suffered from wildfire smoke in recent years. And, you know, the whole Shakespeare Festival has had its troubles. It's kind of been, a, been in a tough spot in recent years, but it seems to still be continuing. And it's one of those ones where like, it's a nice one to support too. If you're into this kind of thing, if you're into theater, if you're like at all a theater person, Definitely make a trip to go down there, find a show or two or however many you want to see, get some tickets, hang out in Ashland for a few days and go see some cool theater. Um, I saw one show down there once um, to check it out and it was not Shakespeare. It was, um, I think it was sort of based on like um, a telenovela and it was like, you know, very campy and dramatic. It was super fun. I loved it. I thought it was great. You know, you can see that and then see like Tempest or like, you know, they'll do a Macbeth pretty frequently. Um, you know, see like your big classic Romeo and Juliet or like your really weird, obscure Shakespeare or like who knows what. So they always come up with something interesting and different. Got such a great diversity of ideas and such a great diverse cast. It's just, again, a really, really cool, vibrant scene down there in Southern Oregon. That's awesome. And so this is just like scattered about ashland or you know through different theaters or what is the vibe in downtown ashland there are these theaters that are there so when i was there so i got a ticket to the show and there's all these restaurants of course in ashland where like they get super full in the couple hours before the show and then they empty out mm. and then you know you go everyone goes and sees the shows and then you know you get there's like you know cocktail hour after or whatever um there's a great little bar in Ashland. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but it's like a um, sort of a medieval themed bar. Um, <laughs> they had like, you know, six different kinds of hot toddies and like, you know, all kinds of like, you know, grog on tap and people were playing like D&D &D in the background. You know, it was like 
it's such a cool little cool little weird scene yeah gosh that sounds awesome are you <laughs> how big of a shakespeare fan are you jamie not not um <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, it's great stuff uh I, I have a problem where like the Shakespearean language, it, it sounds like a foreign language to me. Um, so like, you know, I feel like I need, I need like, you know, captions on, on them. I need like subtitles to show me, to tell me what's being actually said. Otherwise I'm just like, it's like watching a show in a language I don't speak. I'm just trying to get like the vibe of what's happening, but I love a big theatrical production. I love seeing the costumes, the sets. Um, some really good acting. Um, I'm always into performance. So, you know, whether it's Shakespeare or not, I, I think it's just cool to see some, something that people are putting a lot of time and energy and effort into doing that's for sheer entertainment. Yeah. Such a unique festival. Really cool. Um, yeah. All right. So we've talked about quite a number of events and festivals, places to go. Just doing a little roundup of a few honorable mentions here. Where should we start? Yeah, I wanted to give a shout out to Pickathon Music Festival in the Woods. One of Oregon's coolest events. Definitely one of Oregon's best music festivals. Um, puts on a good show every year. They are a current, they're in the process of renewing their permit. So they have not announced 2024 dates. We can't really speak to it for this year. But keep an eye out on Pickathon. Um, it's one of these ones you go camp out at the festival, like it's stages in the woods and just all kinds of cool stuff. So definitely couldn't catch this about that. Typically it's in like the happy Valley area, right? Yeah, Vicki, that's right. It, it, it's a Pindaris farm in happy Valley. So, um, very close to Portland also. Really cool. Yeah. This is one I've actually dropped one of my friends off at Pickathon, but I myself like couldn't go for some reason or the other. Um, but I've heard amazing things and um, a few of my friends, you know, they definitely mark their calendar for this and look forward to it every year. Yeah, exactly. I've not been either. I've wanted to, I've, I've kicked myself for not going many times before. Yeah. Um, yeah. After like, I see the lineup and tickets are sold out. <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, another one worth mentioning festival of dark arts this is another one i've been dying to go to for years and i've never made it made it out there because tickets sell out immediately um this happened uh february 17th so just a few days before we're recording this year right now and uh it's this big uh festival at fort george brewing in astoria in the dead of winter um it's like at night and they have like a bunch of live music a bunch of dark beer because Fort George specializes in dark beers and then stuff like, you know, blacksmiths and, you know, fire dancers and that kind of thing. So you've got like this combination of like dark beer, dark stormy skies and like fire and music. And it's just very cool. I like that. It's also like in the darkest part of the year, yeah. you know, <laughs> just exactly. <laughs> really leaning into the full theme of this. I haven't heard of this one, uh, but I my interest is peaked in, in this one as well. And uh, have you heard anything about, you know, this happening just a few days ago? Have you seen any images or anything? No, I, I've, I've not checked in. Um, I, I've talked to some people, you know, who work at Fort George about it, and they're always like, yeah, it's incredible. It's always so fun. Fact that tickets sell out within like you know minutes. This thing, what? it's like trying to get a reservation at Con. Oh my god! Uh, apparently, it's like so hard to do. Um, so it's kind of a little exclusive event. But you know, if you can't make it, 
just go to Fort George. I think it's every February, it's their dark beer month. Mm. I am a sucker for dark beer. I love the stuff they do at Fort George. You can get like, you know, 15 different dark beers or something crazy. And they do such good stuff. So as a consolation prize, go to Fort George, you know, have a nice day in Astoria and drink some dark beer on a storm day. It's kind of the same. It's not the same, <laughs> but it, it's something. Yeah. Your own, your own personal dark arts festival. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got one more. This is also something that just happened um, in February, so mark your calendars for next year. But this is Oregon Winterfest. What can you tell us about this? This isn't another one I've been dying to check out that I've not made it out to. This is um, it's a big festival, and then it's considered Oregon's biggest winter festival, <laughs> as the name implies. But it's a three-day event. They have light art, ice carving, fire pit, and sculptures. Um, so I don't, I'm not sure exactly what a fire sculpture is, but that sounds super cool. Uh, they also have live music. I mean, you know, the whole uh, food, the the fun. There's like, you know, uh, there's like a, a, a dog show or some sort of dog competition, amusement rides. I mean, it's a whole scene in Bend. Yeah. Um, but like what, what really has me is this combination of like fire and ice <laughs> in the wintertime, the ice carving plus the fire pits, plus the light art There's something about that, that like just screams winter to me. I am so attracted to that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've seen, like, I've heard of ice sculpture making carving, but I haven't seen it actually like happening right in front of me. So this is super cool. Um, and yeah what the heck is going on with the fire action here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I, it's, I, I have a lot of questions. Yes. <laughs> um, and I'm, my curiosity is certainly peaked, but this, uh, has already happened for 2024. It happened February 16 to 18. So again, um, last weekend, um, unfortunately, but mark your calendars for next year. I'm sure it will come back around, um, like always. So those are our events. Obviously, there's so many more cool little events happening around the state. Um, stuff we didn't mention, stuff in Portland that happens all the time. That's also very cool. Um, you know, again, my thing is just like, I, lo I love these little weirdos doing their, their funny little things. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so, so joyous to see people enjoy something, you know, niche so much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And these are things that like, I don't know, I haven't heard of so many of these. So it's so easy to just fly under the radar. But um, speaking of flying under the radar, I will be going to the UFO festival for yes. sure. That's <laughs> <laughs> so mark your calendars, everyone, and uh, maybe we'll see you out there. All right. Well, that will do it for us for this week. Until next time, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel, as well as HereIsOregon.com. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoyed the show. And if you want to support this podcast, as well as our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Also, if you're a fan of the show and you're interested in potentially sponsoring it, you can get in touch with our marketing people at advertise at oregonian.com. 
This episode of the show was produced by me, Vicki Connor, alongside Jamie Hale. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen. <laughs>